Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Stephen Kane from Adam Finance. Stephen, it's really nice to have you on. Brad, it's great to be here. Absolutely. So first, just tell me a bit about yourself, your company, and what you're up to these days. Yeah, happy to. So I work for Adam Finance. We are a fintech startup. We play in the investment intelligence space. I've been with Adam for just about a year, actually. I'll be having my one year next month, so I'm excited about that. Quickest year of my professional life, probably. And it's my first startup experience. Before that, I worked for some industry giants in the investment management space, in the financial space. Really wanted to build something from the ground up, which took me to Adam Finance. So that's where I'm at now, and I lead the marketing team there. I love that. And what is Adam Finance, just so listeners understand like who you're target market and audiences and all that. So. Yeah, happy to share. That's an interesting story. And part of it is why I joined them. Adam Finance started in 2019 as predominantly a consumer application for people to really study the investment landscape, discover where they wanted to invest their money, whether it be stocks or mutual funds, individual securities. And they can also upload their portfolios from their brokerage firms to monitor the performance of their portfolio. Adam Finance is not a custodian, so you do not actually transact or invest on the platform. We do all the stuff up before that, which is like studying the markets, and then everything after that, which is like monitoring your portfolio and looking where you might want to allocate your next investment dollar. But why I joined about a year ago is Adam Finance really realized that they could extend that mission even further by partnering with investment brokerage firms and neobanks and fintechs, all these folks that are trying to get into the game to really support the retail investor. The pandemic, if anything, brought in a surge of retail investors. Adam Finance, fortunately, was primed to help them out. So everything that we serve for our consumer app, we actually offer as an API software. And we sell that to the likes of the next Robinhood or an E-Trade, even an established player that's looking to evolve their investment experience. So we provide all the investment intelligence to those platforms now. I was hired to help bring that B2B component of our market to market. Nice. So you started consumer retail investors, investing intelligence, and then now you've expanded that to B2B with API and all that. So that's a cool space to be in. It's a great spot to be in, and the space is just prime for innovation. The challenge and the value prop that we have is that there's so many disparate areas of data. The data ecosystem and investment management is so fragmented, and there's so much information that comes out on a daily basis, hourly basis even. For folks that want to really understand like where to invest their next dollar or how their portfolio is performing, we try to make sense of all that stuff and kind of unify all that data together. You can either do that yourself on our app, or we offer that to platforms and they can start to offer that experience to their end investors. Very cool. Awesome. So let's dive into marketing. So you've had quite a journey, a lot of experience in marketing, product marketing, all that. Uh, what does leadership mean to you in marketing? Great question. Uh, I found marketing pretty early in my career. I actually didn't go to school specifically for marketing. I went to school for advertising public relations, which wasn't far off. Even did a little stint trying it for studying nursing for a while before I stumbled my way into marketing and it found a place for me that I just loved, especially in investment management and finance. I like to invest. Fortunately, I found my way in product marketing when it was really becoming a, a domain discipline. I probably started as like a generalist marketing manager. 
and then really established a couple of different product marketing functions at my previous firms. And then that's what I was brought into Adam Finance to do as well. So I've had the good experience of being both the individual contributor and the leader. And so I use a lot of my previous experience as an individual contributor to know what I would want in a leader. And I tried to pull that out and provide it to my team. So for me, leadership really means I'm just providing like very crystal clear outcomes and KPIs to my teams. I think especially in a startup space, you can be very easily pulled in very different directions. There's so many things that are being asked of you, but if you can really like align towards an outcome, an OKR, a key result, it's actually a lot easier for you to prioritize your backlog of all the work that you want to get done. And so for me, one is just really clear vision and setting and making sure that it's aligned to like the business goals. And then I also just look out for blind spots for my team, right? They're day-to-day executing, I'm executing, but sometimes when you're so focused, you may not be thinking about something that someone else is working on, or maybe something new came out from like our leadership team that I can cascade down. So I'm just looking out for blind spots and keeping their guardrails on. And then for the most part, it's just getting out of the way. I've been in positions sometimes when uh, you need to move fast, but there are just so many folks that need to review and um, provide perspectives on the work you're doing. If you build a team and have a trusting ecosystem and an environment, then you can trust them to get their work done. So a lot of it for me is getting out of the way. And then when we meet on a regular basis, which I meet with my team once a week, one-on-one, and then also as a team once a week, I'm often asking like how I can serve them, how I can help them, remove roadblocks, where they're stuck. And then that's where I try to prioritize my time. What's marketing in this fintech space look like? What sorts of areas are you guys focusing on, things you're doing, all that stuff? Yeah, so fintech is an interesting space because it is so broad. It's a very broad term. When you think about the fintech space, you have very well-known tech companies in the space. So you have Robinhood for investment trading. You have uh, Stripe for payments. You might have Brex for credit card. They're Plaid as an example, but like they all compete in different areas of fintech. Lemonade for uh, in, for insurance as an example. Um, I, when my team sit squarely in investing, which for me is probably the area of fintech that has seen the least amount of innovation. So that is really where we're looking to just change the game in terms of how folks are finding out like where they can invest next, whether it should be like a mutual fund or an ETF or now like a crypto. We also have crypto investment intelligence as well. So we're focusing on there. And then the fintech space in general is just like very different in terms of like who you're marketing to as well. I used to do marketing towards investment management professionals. These are like very intelligent PhD folks that write 80 page white papers a couple of times a year. Capital markets marketing can be pretty technical, but on the other technical side, now in FinTech, you have developer audience, which is new for me. So I'm spending a lot of time and my team realizing like what it means to market to developers because buying power in the buying committee at the tech space. There are elements that are very similar to broadly marketing that I've done in the past, but there are unique channels and and unique ways of how you bring your value proposition to life and um, articulate those those value add benefits. Absolutely. Let's dive into the shift from B to C to B to B. What efforts are you pushing right now in terms of driving awareness on the B to B front? 
I was about to say it was easier, but it's not. It's just different. When you're driving, you see awareness. Sometimes that can come in the form of sponsoring an event or showing up in a feed on social media. We used to do a lot of Instagram and Facebook marketing when we were consumer affiliate marketing work for us a lot better in the consumer space than it does in the B2B space. And so when we moved to B2B, which was an interesting thing because I came in as the first B2B marketer at Adam Finance, but there was already a marketing engine there for consumer, really got to work with all of those talented individuals to move them more towards a B2B marketing focus. And so a lot of them for the first time are marketing towards B2B and we're learning a lot. We're doing it together. And so things just matter, I, I would just say, more in different channels. So a good example is, you know, we didn't do a lot of like LinkedIn. Um, that is a channel that we are very much doubling down on right now, both as an organic channel, as well as it is on a paid channel. We are starting to see some inbounds come in through LinkedIn that we can directly allocate and then paid search as well. Search was something that I've always heard about it and knew that was important, but I always worked with people that did it. And I probably took that for granted. Now in this startup space, I'm realizing the power of SEO, the domain authority you need to have in your site and how important it is to work with reputable third parties for backlinks and what you can do to just drive more authority to your page. And so that's an area that we're focusing on right now as well. And then I mentioned earlier, like the developer space. So, you know, we're starting to get involved in channels like GitHub and Reddit and the messaging changes. You're focusing on like the language that they can use to, to build code through our APIs. Those are things that we never had to worry about when we were a consumer. Big change, and we are not the only ones. We're on this path with the rest of our organization. Our product team changed. Our business development team was introduced. And so it has been a lot of fun. That's why I say like it's crazy that it's already been a year because so much has been done to pivot us towards a B2B focus. Absolutely. Sounds like a lot of fun. And what does the content strategy look like? You guys build out different forms of content for all these channels, I imagine, and all that stuff? Yeah, we do. So the best performing content is the one that just anyone can relate to. Along those lines of that analogy of when you're a stand-up comedian tells a joke, it's like, oh, that's funny because it's true and you can relate to it. So we're really trying to make sure that our content resonates with people, whether it's like, I recognize that pain point. Yep, I've been there or we're serving up what the future could look like. So for any partners that used to say, oh, if only there was a solution for X, we want to make sure that we provide that picture. So content tends to focus in those areas. And then we look for events in the market that just give us an opportunity to get our value proposition out. So examples are testing just two weeks ago when they went through their three to one stock split. People are like, what is a stock split? What does that mean? What does it mean to my portfolio? Should I get into the market now? And we'll take an opportunity to explain like what a stock split is. And we're really certain to make sure that we get that data right, because there were actually very reputable, well-known data providers in the market that got that wrong on the day of the stock split when the, the, the opening bell rang. Instances where there's IPOs, where there's different folks that are starting to come into market. So like last year, Robinhood and Rivian, you listed like their IPOs. We're careful to make sure that we're explaining like what that means and whether something is valued appropriately. So we do look for just instances where we can articulate our value proposition, but in a context that makes sense because people are actively searching for it and they're wondering what it means. So as we're wrapping up here, let's talk about the future. What things are you really excited about? What sort of awareness plays, demand plays, and, and areas are 
getting you excited that you're thinking about? Yeah. So right now my team and I are really focused on Money 2020, which is the biggest fintech industry event in our industry. It's it's next month. It's creeping up. And none of us are event marketers by trade. So we are very much focused on exhibiting at that event and being memorable and making sure that we're getting the biggest ROI as possible with generating opportunities from, from that event. So we're starting to dabble in the event space. I mentioned SEO is a big one. We have a member of my team that is probably 70% focused on SEO at the time. And so that is something that we are really giving some thought to. And then those channels that I mentioned earlier that just we, we haven't had much of an opportunity to play in. So GitHub and Reddit, we're learning a lot through Reddit. Like you can't just post something like you can on LinkedIn that's promotional because they'll actually kick you out and say that, no, it's against the rules. So it's, we're learning all these different ways that we need to be present in those channels. For cryptocurrency, Discord is a channel that we're going to start paying attention to. WhatsApp is big in the Latin America markets, and Latin America is really opening up to us as a great region globally. And so that's a channel that we're going to start exploring and being involved in a bit more. And then our first focus over the past couple of months since we launched our B2B platform has really been, let's get our first 100 clients signed with a B2B focus. And so we haven't given a ton of thought to like the nurturing. Once you onboard, we make sure you onboard successfully. But keeping people excited, keeping people happy about partnering with Adam Finance, that is a channel as well. And then a big part is going to be thought leadership. Where do we leverage podcasting in our strategy? And how do we leverage our experts to be in publications that our partners are reading? So those are all cards in our deck right now that we're evaluating for the end of this year, going into 2023. And they're all really exciting. But you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be all about focusing and discipline and just doing a few channels really, really well. Absolutely. I love that. Well, hey, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate you sharing all your wisdom and insights here. Hey, it was a joy to talk about it with you, Brad, and great to be here. Absolutely.